Hi, what's up, everybody? You are listening to Embrace the Madness. This is your host, Madeline, and I just wanted to come be a source of light and share share some feelings and some thoughts that I'm having around life as we know it in 2022. First of all, I do want to say that nothing that I could ever say would take the pain away, the gravity away from the situation that we are experiencing. My heart is with the families and the staff and everyone who is feeling this, the realness of of this tragedy, of this experience with with everyone. I think I think we're all kind of collectively experiencing like a big what the fuck right now. And this is giving 2020 vibes, if I've ever felt. I know that for a few episodes during the pandemic, I could kind of get the sense that when we went on lockdown, nobody really knew what was going on. I think we were all pretty, pretty, pretty scared. I think then when George Floyd was murdered... And the protests started happening. I think it felt like it was getting even worse. And I think that the collective definitely felt that. And this also really reminds me of when the insurrection happened in January of last year. And we were all kind of like, What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Like we were literally scanning for danger through our phones, through our timelines, our feeds, things like that. And it's just eerie how similar it feels. And I think that sometimes we get put in this state of fear and so much so that we can't function or it affects our functioning. And, you know, when you are experiencing grief, it's really hard to continue as normal because you are literally grieving. You are experiencing really heavy emotions and all of your energy is kind of going to that grief process. So it's definitely like weird right now, but I, I do feel like I want to try to offer support and wisdom and love where I can. And so I just felt really, I just wanted to come on here and kind of talk about what I feel like is going on and how we can take care of ourselves I mean, the title of the episode is Finding Comfort When the World Feels Hopeless. And I think we've definitely been put through the ringer the last two years, if not, you know, our entire lifetimes, lifetime or (laughs) multiple. 
And I know they make a funny joke. It's not funny, but they make a joke about millennials. Like we've been experiencing this shit since we were young because in 2001, 9-11 happened. So it's almost like we don't know a world that isn't traumatizing, which is kind of hard to process. And I know... I've experienced these feelings too, especially, you know, when you're, you're like, well, why would God do this? Why would God let this happen? And I'm not taking the time to kind of explore that aspect in this episode, but I do know like, that's kind of the vibe that you get when you're like, well, why was I born (laughs) in this world that's so shitty? And I think that that's a valid question. I think that it's so hard for us to make sense of this chaos that we're experiencing when it feels so evil and destructive. And when innocent people are getting killed and and it seems like you would think that this would have stopped a long time ago, but it it's hard because it keeps happening. And it's literally like, what the fuck? And it's hard because nobody nobody does know what's next. And it it's traumatizing because it's like we haven't even gotten through or worked through or pro uh properly grieved the first time and it's really easy to dissociate and I think I have to be mindful because I think that's a pattern that I have with trauma with yeah when things are things are getting bad I just kind of check out but I just wanted to come on here to talk about you know, how, how we're dealing with these trauma responses, because I know we're all kind of navigating them in different ways, but when things are heavy like this, checking out is not helpful. And it's kind of, and like, I'm human too, so I don't even know what the fuck's going on. So like, this is just me making sense of my my experience and my environment, but I do I do see how this this chaos is affecting our bodies. And I think that that's something that we have to come back to because even though it's valid for me to have a trauma response, at the end of the day, if we're all checked out, we're all checked out, you know, like we can't show up. And so I think what I'm learning and what I kind of wanted to come on here to talk about is how making sense of what's happening physiologically and to our bodies, we can start to, you know, create these, these systems and these, these uh, care kind of routines for ourselves because sometimes I wonder if this is ever going to stop, you know, like, especially after 2020, it was just one thing after another. And 
And then the insurrection happened and it was just like, oh my God, I thought 2020 was over. Like, why, why is everything so shitty right now? So because we are having a trauma response, everyone's having a trauma response to this, this situation and because of the trauma that we've experienced on an individual and collective level, we're essentially getting re-triggered. And if you don't know too much about, you know, like um, the physiological response of fear and trauma and danger, I like to kind of look at the basic the basic components of our nervous system, which we share with, with animals and other organisms. And it's basically this system. It's called the sympathetic nervous system. We also have the parasympathetic. They kind of work in conjunction. But when we get, when our body senses danger, it signals to our brain that we are in danger because you know, as an animal, it's so important that you see that predator so you can run away and not get eaten. And so we, even as humans, have a have a have this fear response, this danger response. Um, and it's a little bit different because, you know, we're evolved now. Other things trigger us that aren't necessarily literal danger in that moment. For instance, you know, I might, my, my brain might signal to my body a danger response if nobody likes my picture. And that sounds vain, but it's also like real on a subconscious level because as I've shared in previous episodes, when we get rejected from, from the community or from our, from our group, our friend group, we, we, we feel this sense of rejection and that's also signaling danger, like being cut off from our resources, all of those things. And that is going to, to trigger this response. And you've probably heard of it as fight or flight. So we do have this part of our system that allocates, when we get signaled for danger, it allocates all of our, our energy to... How can I get the fuck out of here? How can I protect myself? That's that's where where we go. Our body, you know, stops all the other things like we don't need to digest our food right now. We don't need to whatever. We we don't need to calmly breathe. Um so there's the other side of it. And I think there's a third one too. But the parasympathetic is the part of our nervous system that soothes us. That's the the part of us that is the deep breathing. That's the, the, yeah, just the calming, relaxing, you are safe. So now we can do these processes. We can actually preserve our energy and relax. So when you think about how we aren't living in the woods anymore. Things look a little different, like I was saying. And so really anything that triggers fear 
is going to trigger that sympathetic nervous system response. And so the news is definitely a a trigger because you have to think about how it makes you feel when you see these these stories about deaths and shootings and murders because I don't know about y'all but that shit is scary that shit makes me like oh my god it it creates this sense of maybe that might happen to me it creates this belief that the world is not safe it creates the idea that we are in danger and I am not safe. And going back to what I was just saying is like, this is going to trigger our sympathetic nervous system. And so our body is never really registering safety because even if it's like in the back of your head, if you have these ideas, if you really do believe that the world is not safe and that the world is ending and if I leave my house, I'm going to die, like you are going to be paralyzed in fear. And I don't know if y'all have ever really looked into, you know, the fight or flight response. Let me look it up. Because there's also... There's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And so these are all different forms of this this fear response. So I know I also have a freeze response, which I think might be dissociation too. Let me look. I'm going to look on the Google But when we constantly see these news stories and these news reports and everything we see is about shootings or murders, we're re-triggering this response. And so it's like we never actually leave this, this, this traumatic, you know, state. Okay, so I pulled it up. So there's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And let's see. It says... Ooh, it says freeze is dorsal vagal. So that might be a different situation. Yeah, so it says fight is irritability, anger, aggression, moving toward. Basically, these are all kind of like when you're met with danger, what are you going to do? So fight, there's flight, which is like running away. And that can manifest as anxiety, fear, panic, avoiding, worrying, perfectionism. And then freeze, Stuckness, collapse, immobilization, spacing out, dissociation, depression, shame. Yeah, I definitely experienced that a lot. Fawn is people-pleasing, avoiding conflict, prioritizing others' needs over own, difficulty saying no, and setting boundaries is hard. So these are all like different survival strategies, which 
we're all different humans. So we might all have like different ways that our responses manifest. But the whole thing that I'm getting at is because we're never really registering safety, we're kind of always dysregulated. And what do we know happens when we're constantly dysregulated and discombobulated? We're kind of just here, you know, like it's so hard to focus. It's everything's kind of cloudy. Like, I mean, and I, I know we've like literally been experiencing this for two years almost. So it's really important that we know like how how these things are affecting affecting us. And I do have a podcast episode about kind of how our nervous system is affected. And that's definitely helpful. I kind of talk about um the similar similar things talking about the the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system and that it's just it's just so powerful when we know because there's also a lot of power that we have in that we can you know engage in deep breathing to to bring about the parasympathetic taking a few deep breaths actually will trigger to your brain that there is no danger and that we can calm down because like I share in the podcast episode, when we are constantly in fight or flight, since, since we are rushing with adrenaline, which is like the, the chemical in our body, that's like, go. And you know, when you feel like really excited, like that's adrenaline. And we've got cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And so those two are floating around. And these are telling our muscles, like, tense up because we have to run really fast. We have to fight. Like, it's literally telling your whole entire body to tense up, to engage, you know. And so by inducing our parasympathetic nervous system we are telling our body to relax and we are telling our body it's safe to relax our muscles we don't have to contract them we don't have to you know keep like squeezing every single muscle we have because when we do that you're like working your job or you're at home taking care of your family and you're like why am I so tense like why is my neck hurt why is my back tense like do you feel do you feel safe? Do you feel in danger? Do you feel like there's a threat? Like these are all things that could be triggering your nervous system. And so we have to be super mindful because like when we see a news story that lets us know that we are not safe. And then a couple hours later, we see, you know, a YouTube video that tells us that we're not safe. Like, 
we're literally sending signals every time to our brain and our brain is telling this story. It's like creating this, this narrative, like, okay, we're not safe. So we need to do this and we need to do this. And like, we all deserve peace. We all deserve (laughs) to not feel like we're in fight or flight all the time. We all deserve relaxed muscles. We all deserve safety. And I think I'm going to talk about it, I guess. Well, I guess it's kind of like a good segue, but we have to take our power back in this moment because there's actually a lot of ways that we can create safety in our little tiny individual bubble. And that's not to make, that's not to say that we completely have to be isolated in our individual bubble to create safety because I do believe there's a lot of safety in community when you intentionally create it. But I'm just saying like, if you're literally, it's hard to, to think outside of yourself when you feel threatened or in danger because you're literally your, your instincts are like, we have to stay safe. How do we stay safe? We have to stay safe. So how do we cope? It seems impossible. It seems like this keeps happening every day. How how am I going to cope with this? So we have to take care of ourselves first. Like the whole oxygen mask metaphor definitely applies here. We have to prioritize our our needs because because once we do take care of ourselves we can we then have the the bandwidth and the capacity to look to our friend hey are you okay like do you need help so when i say prioritizing our needs are we drinking water are we eating are we eating period are we eating healthy look at the quality of the food you're eating um yeah, because what I'm learning in my own life, it's like the more processed food I eat, the the more anxiety prone I am. And this is all under the assumption that you have access to, you know, unprocessed foods, which we know that marginalized company companies, communities don't necessarily have access all the time. But if you do have the means, I mean, eating period is good because if we are starving ourselves, we are are not going to have enough energy to, to you know, think rationally. I know on days that I don't eat very much or I don't eat, I, 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 I experience higher levels of anxiety. Exercise. And this doesn't mean like go to the gym and lift a bunch of weights. It just means like, can you walk around the block? Can you, can you do some jumping jacks in your room? I think that getting our blood pumping definitely helps kind of reallocate some of that like energy that's just bouncing around. Um, It's definitely helpful for our mental health and for our heart health. Are you resting? Are you sleeping? I know sometimes that anxiety can create either 
sleeping all the time or kind of more of an insomnia effect. So just if you need rest, give give yourself a break. Like sometimes our bodies are literally begging us to to lay down, to to stop moving. And I think it's so important that we that we listen to that because if we're we're tired and exhausted, then we're more anxiety prone. Are you doing activities that bring you joy? And I think this is definitely something that is a topic of of privilege, but I think that we can all all find, even if it means just like two or three minutes of of something that brings us joy. That could be, you know, running our hands through the dirt or, you know, feeling the grass. If we if we go to the park or if you just look outside and listen to the birds and and see see the blue sky. I mean, those are some little little things that don't cost any money that bring me joy and really just giving yourself time to experience joy because I think that if we don't and we're always in this state of, you know, despair, it's hard to kind of know that there's another side. So literally anything that can bring you joy, even if it's just like thinking of a funny memory and laughing about it, watching a silly movie, those those can literally be lifesavers. I think deep breathing is really helpful. There's a ton of free shit on YouTube for anxiety, meditations. You can meditate for free without the need for any technology. And if you don't know how to meditate or you don't know how to do deep breathing, I think something that really helps me is this thing called square breathing. And it's where you count to four on the inhale, you hold for four, you exhale for four, and you hold for four. And then you start that cycle over. So it's it makes a square because they're all four seconds. And if you want to know how that sounds, we can do it. We'll do one more. And, and that was so simple. That was three, three deep breaths. And like I mentioned earlier, that is sending a signal to our brain that we are safe. And even if we can experience safety for, you know, an X amount of time, that's better than not experiencing safety at all. Because we, we want to tell ourselves and tell our bodies that safety is possible and it's attainable and and we can at least create this 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 little bubble of safety if only for a few seconds or minutes another thing letting yourself feel the feelings i think it's hard because sometimes and i'm one of them it's like well we 
we these these emotions are too heavy. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. But like in my journey, I'm realizing, yes, everything's going to be fine. But we do have to make space for for these really heavy feelings. It It's OK to be angry. It's appropriate to be angry. It's appropriate to be frustrated. It's appropriate to be pissed off and frustrated that we live in a country that just seems so backwards and it's it's appropriate to to feel immense pain and cry and be afraid and it's okay to it's okay to feel like the world is not safe it's okay it's okay that you feel this and i think we have to feel these feelings because i mean we all know well, I'm at least seeing the repercussions of what it was like to be told to quit crying. And then you're an adult and you're like, quit crying, quit crying, quit crying. And it's like, we have to feel these feelings because they're necessary. Like, I believe that feelings are a message from our our soul and they're expressed through our body. They're, they're messages. And like, we might feel that we're not safe. And that's a belief that we have that's being reinforced. And like, by expressing these feelings, we can just, you know, get them out. And so it's not like bouncing around. This is another thing that I think is like exercise and physical activity is real good. Like dancing, I DJ sometimes like heavy music and like sometimes dancing to like really heavy, gnarly stuff, like just helps get my heart beating. Hitting pillows seems silly, but it's actually really (laughs) therapeutic and cathartic breathing exercises. So kind of like what we did earlier, there's also like something called breath work that is like a different way of breathing. Um, you could probably look that up on YouTube for free. Uh, any kind of physical exercise is going to help too. anything to get the heart beating and pumping and the blood flowing. Another really, really, really big, big, um, thing that I've learned over the last year is to limit your time doom scrolling, reading the news, like, because like I said, this is literally re-triggering us. And I had to catch myself because I know last year and in 2020, we all felt this sense of, well, I don't want to just not watch the news because I want to, I want to be informed and I want to know, and I want to care and be aware of, of what's happening. And I even did a podcast episode on this, but it's like, we just have to be really careful that we, because we are re-triggering ourselves. So we have to make sure that we are in a safe place. Um, Cause I know like if I'm pissed off and I see something that's going to piss me off even more then it's just kind of like reinforcing this cycle. And like I said, like don't not feel these feelings, but practice letting them out in a healthy way. Oh, I forgot to add journaling. You know, I love journaling or writing or, I mean, even podcasting, like this has been such a therapeutic thing, but I think it's because I am creating a container for my emotions and thoughts to go. And if you don't want to talk into a microphone, you can definitely write in a journal or anything like that. But yeah, I think the goal is to like, create a safe container for our emotions which a lot of us are reparenting ourselves and creating what that means in our lives but 
just being careful that, you know, I can be informed and look at the news and know what happened, but I'm not changing anything by reading the same articles over and over and, and things like that. And also while we are being mindful of the content we consume, going back to the joy piece, like don't forget to consume content that makes you smile and laugh. I think we're all deserving of joy. I think we're kind of exploring what duality means and like how how do we experience both like grief and joy at the same time and I'm learning that it's not you know mutually exclusive I think that's the correct uh wording um it's not like it's not either or it's not black or white like we we can still experience joy while experiencing grief and anger and frustration. And I think that giving ourselves that time to feel laughter and feel funny and silly and, and happy. I think those, those are moments where we're letting our brain know that we're safe. And I think only we have the capacity to do that, you know, and we have to start to create this internal sense of peace and safety because, I mean, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but how do we, how do we know this isn't going to end, you know? And another thing I'll say on the whole doom scrolling piece is everybody has varying opinions on like where the intent lies, but I do believe that the media is aware of what, how this, this content affects us and how, you know, like what's the best news story we can tell that will increase viewership. And unfortunately that's like the really shitty stuff, like the really shitty, like this many people got shot today. This many people died today. This is what's happening. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I think they're very well aware of how do we how do we get like the craziest gnarliest shit so we can increase viewership which increases money. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Nightcrawler or Nightcrawlers with Jake Gyllenhaal but it's kind of like he's this journalist who's trying to capture this media that is sensationalized and you know in viewership blah blah blah. So I think that we have to be aware of this knowledge because now that I know that the media just wants me to like consume this content, like, and like I said, I think we all have the varying opinions of like, is this like really well thought out? Like, are they doing it on purpose? But I mean, I do believe to a degree that knowing knowing the fear that this causes and knowing what fear does to us, which is paralyzing and discombobulated, like we were talking about earlier, like how do you get shit done when you are feeling that way? How do you, how do you stand in your power when you feel that way? You know, like we just have to really think about, damn, 
my power is literally being ripped from me. It just makes you think. So I just like urge you to think about that and think about kind of how this is affecting your body and, and, and your feeling of safety. And so like, how do we make this stop? How, how, and I, I don't know. (laughs) I think this is kind of like a part of the situation that I recognize that I don't really have the capacity to, or the consciousness to understand what's going on. And that's kind of hard to accept sometimes too. And as wild and as shitty as it happened, as it sounds, what I'm realizing is like this reality might never stop. And that's unfair. That's enough to like get pissed off about. But again, like I have to think about well, if I if I am like sitting in anger all the time, then I'm losing my power and I'm giving my power away. And I'm I'm now focused on like how can I equip myself? How can I create this internal sense of peace and safety within myself? How do I protect my energy so that I don't get caught in this fear response? So that I don't start dissociating, you know? Like It's up to me to take care of myself in that moment, making sure I'm properly nourished, making sure I'm drinking water, making sure I am incorporating a little bit of joy, making sure I'm being mindful of my breathing, you know, because sometimes we just stop breathing and we're not thinking about it. And it's like, we're still breathing, but we're not consciously breathing. And I think that is, you know, a side effect of, of getting triggered and into our danger response. So I've been practicing acceptance a lot, and I think that, I mean, it definitely gets into, like, existential things and, and, you know, talking about God and how, how could God ever let this happen, but what I know to be true in my experience and, you know, like, the only, one of the only things that I may or may not have control over is practicing acceptance. If my external environment doesn't change, how do I navigate exploring it? I think there's a, um, there's some kind of metaphor or, or story about if there's like shit all on the ground, like it's a lot easier to put shoes on instead of like try to get rid of all the things on the ground that you might step on. So it's really just to me focusing on how can I better equip myself? And like, I'm not saying any of it's fair. Like, like I said, I believe that we all deserve joy and peace and safety, but you know, there's also a world that doesn't believe that. So I have to do what I can to take care of myself, to practice acceptance, to preserve my energy and to preserve my peace so that I can, you know, show up at this podcast or show up for a friend or a family member who's hurting. I have to, 
I have to take care of myself so that I can show up. And it just goes back to the oxygen mask. Like we have to take care of ourselves so we we can be present. I think that sending love and compassion to the world is always a good thing. I know that, you know, there's this whole trope about thoughts and prayers and and on an energetic sense, I do believe that that's important, but I also do believe that, you know, there has to be action also because we do live in a 3D physical world. But I think for me, by sending out love and compassion is me intentionally choosing to send love to the world. And whether or not it does anything, it definitely feels a lot better than sending out, you know, hate and anger. I mean, on another level of like, how do we make this stop? I think it it all boils down to, you know, being the change that we wish to see in the world, being kind, sharing love. How can I, how can I incorporate kindness in every interaction in my life? And it's definitely a challenge. Sometimes it's like I'm having a bad day and I don't, I don't have the capacity to give love, but it kind of goes back to that, that thing of like, how do I take care of myself so I can show up? I think we all are searching for like a happier, better life. And it's like, we all have to come together individually so that we can come together collectively to, to create that. And yeah, I think, I think it starts with ourselves and, and really, really sharing that kindness and sharing that love and, and letting others know that they are loved and, and letting, you know, like, creating this this safety creating this peace creating this love and always advocating for what you believe in showing up where you can where you feel physically able to I think that we're all kind of like feeling trapped in this current political situation and I don't know I don't know I don't I don't really know how to make it stop. I don't know. I mean, I mean we send letters, we send emails, we call politicians, we do all these things. I mean, and this is also getting to, into a whole other topic of like, well, how do we change the voting system without, you know, continuing the voting system? It's like And like some of these I don't have answers for and I know I know I'll just start ruminating and and start getting freaked out and hopeless and like, fuck, like nothing's ever going to change or get better. And I have to, I have to listen to those thoughts and say, no, like, let's just, let's just remind ourselves of the safety that we're in right now. Because right now in this present moment, I am safe sitting here at my desk. I'm so blessed to be here safe and, and, and I have to cling to that, you know? But I do want to share that I love you all so much and I'm so glad that you're here and it might seem really hard right now, um, but you you have to do what you can to take care of yourself and so that you can take care of the people around you and, and your community and your family and your friends and we have to take care of ourselves. So do something nice for yourself today. Give yourself a break. And 
we're going to get through this together. I promise. I appreciate y'all listening. That is all I have for today. And let's do one more deep breath before we go. Well, maybe a couple. Yeah, that makes me feel a little bit grounded, a little bit better. Again, I love y'all so much. I will catch you later. Have a, a lovely day and don't forget to take care of yourself. Bye.